Coming up on Podcast 1658, VW may ditch their EV plans and make things like electric golfs and Tiguan. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, BYD testing a Land Rover-style electric vehicle. Why GM says they'll make money from EVs. And Hyundai Nissan rolling out services to make it easier to be an EV owner. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. Last one of the week, Friday 18th of November. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with some great news. This is fantastic to see. The Fisker Ocean officially entered production on schedule in Graz in Austria. It's going to be made by Magna, the production company. Production will start off pretty low. 300 vehicles are planned for the first quarter of next year. 8,000 vehicles in Q2. 15,000 vehicles Q3 and 42,000 by the end of the year. The first ones made will be those that plonks down $5,000 for the first 5,000 Ocean One. That's the launch edition, if you like. Top of the range, extreme trim level. Uh, the Fisker Ocean starts at $37,500. Wow. And then it goes up to $69,000. The Ocean Sport is front-wheel drive, has a single motor, 275 horsepower, 6.9 seconds, Nought to 60, LFP battery pack, uh, 75 kilowatt hours, 250 miles. I think that is all very, very, very good for $38,000. Now, the vehicles aren't assembled in the US, and that's why Fisker are talking about uh, trying to make their next vehicle in the US with the Inflation Reduction Act, which came about uh, long after Fisker had done the deal with Magna to make the vehicle in Austria. And, of course, that means they can't get any of that 7500 federal tax credit money, but still $38,000. Look, if they if they could, under the old rules, that would be a $30,000 $30, car. Now, I believe when it, the rules were being changed with the federal tax credit, I believe Fisker sent out the option for people to actually order, configure, and have a signed order. And if you had a signed order for any electric vehicle before Biden put pen to paper and signed the IRA, you still get, I believe, the old $7,500 federal tax credit. So there could be somebody, somebody, somewhere uh, that gets some money off of Fisker. Uh, let's hope so. Great, great news. Startups are tough. And anytime we have some good news around a vehicle coming to market, it's awesome. Now let's talk about the Hyundai Arnix 6, talked about it already this week, being a, a sellout with the first edition here in Europe, 2,500 versions gone in less than a day. Well, it's making its official stateside debut at the Los Angeles Auto Show this week. The Streamliner, as they call it, was unveiled earlier this summer. 340 miles of range. That's not EPA rated, by the way. 380 miles uh, was the target. Uh, uh, 382 maybe uh, WLTP, but if that is around 340 on EPA rated range, they're saying it's going to be around 340. That's still very, very good. You know, that's like the Ionic 5, its sister car, same battery, by the way, same platform, 300 miles of range. So adding 40 miles of range, very, very good. Now let's talk VinFast. Now there's a company 
who haven't got vehicles on the road yet, uh, unlike Fisker, who we began with. Now, we've already talked a lot about the VinFast midsize and the big SUVs. That's called the VF9. And now there's two more, the VF6 and the VF7. Uh, the VF6 is going to have 174 horsepower or... 201 horsepower. The VF7 is going to have 201 or 349 horsepower for the VF7 Plus. They're all going to be single motor, apart from the Plus version, and that's dual motor, etc., etc. But still, look, VinFast is an unknown quantity. We don't know if people will buy the Vietnamese electric vehicle. We wait to see. They're certainly spending some money. Uh, Certainly, I've seen journalists flown all around the world. Um, Not that I would say no, to an all-expenses trip paid to Vietnam. I haven't got the time. I haven't got the time to take a tea break at the minute between all the stuff that I'm getting on with. So if somebody said, hey, do you want to leave the country? <laughs> I wouldn't get the phone call finished before my wife put the phone down for me. Hey, we I'm, I'm only joking. We have a small young child. So <laughs> the idea of taking some time away <laughs> uh, in a different life, maybe. Uh, Next General Motors are predicting profits from an EV business in 2025. They're forecasting that their EVs will be profitable from the middle of the decade. They say underscoring the investment they're making in their new business by announcing a deal as well with a Brazilian, a Brazilian mining company. They're called Vale, and that's for battery supply of nick of of battery grade nickel and on a nmc battery nickel manganese cobalt people always think oh we're going to run out of lithium for lithium ion batteries but i mean yes it's a consideration but it's not the biggest consideration actually plenty of lithium around even though it's doubled the price recently um the largest u.s car maker told investors that it expects to generate more than 50 billion dollars in revenue from sales of 30 ev models in 2025 more than a fifth of total revenue of $225 billion. By 2024, GM will make 400,000 EVs as they chase down Tesla, they say. GM's profit margins on EVs will not be Tesla-level profit margins, though. Maybe low to mid single digits, they say, at an investor event yesterday. Uh, according to the FT.com, the FT writes, Chief Executive Mary Barra said EVs will be profitable without the US consumer tax credits for cars and trucks. With the credits, Barra said, we believe by 2025, we'll be executing a portfolio that has the same margin profile as that combustion business. Well, their latest supply deal, Vale, who I mentioned, uh, for nickel, gives me really good hope that GM are doing all the right things, because if you want to go to the market and just buy a battery off the shelf, you are going to be at a disadvantage. Car companies, this was fascinating to talk about people in the automotive industry. I love talking to experts and meeting people at conferences and things and people who do this day in, day out. How the car industry never before has had to go right back to the mine and to fully understand, rather than just going to their suppliers, fully understand things like mining and raw materials. It's really fascinating to think about. Uh, In its latest deal, uh, they'll get 25,000 tonnes a year of the nickel they need. That's about 350 thousand evs worth by the way Uh, the cfo paul jacobson said supply deals they're doing will lower the battery costs and 70 dollars per kilowatt hour is the target price in the second half of the decade now i've seen those prices banded around with some of the chinese ev makers um, or battery makers of the lfp cells and this is what gm want to get to 
in a few years' time. But clearly, he didn't give the cost of the battery right now, like a bolt battery, uh, but he did say that they were targeting a 40% decrease in battery cost with their Ultium technology. Next in the news, BYD is testing Land Rover-style EVs. Earlier this month, they announced a premium brand called Yang Wang. And within a couple of weeks, the Aussie website, thedriven.io, saw some SUVs or some off-roaders, really. They look like Land Rovers to me. On the back of car transporters, very heavily camouflaged vehicles, but they do resemble the silhouette of a Land Rover Discovery. They've got the rear-mounted spare wheel uh, mounted externally on the side-opening rear door and they are testing them in Aussie. Now the premium label Yang Wang is uh, uh, they say it translates to look up I wouldn't know. Uh, But I, I, I have heard before that Wang is a very popular surname in China. I think it translates also roughly to king and so I don't know whether those vehicles would ever be sold outside of China, but you know your neighbour could come out on a Sunday morning and be like, "Wow, nice, nice Yang Wang," of which, of course, you'd say, "Thank you, my friend." Uh, the brand is expected to be officially launched in early 2023. Link in the show notes, as always. Now, Tesla is cutting the delivery time, uh, the waiting time for their Model Threes and Model Y. Says Reuters. Now, I've been talking about this anecdotally for a while now and had some listeners reach out to me to go hang on a minute look it's not showing us any quicker for me but all i can say is what i see here in the uk i know i know i could change it uh to any country on the tesla website but i don't have the time to memorize every country so i just look at what the uk is doing and i can get a model y this month and we are halfway through november and there are really good business deals if you take delivery in 2023 like 400 and something pounds a month for a model y like that's That's properly bonkers crazy cheap. Okay, so that makes me wonder, you know, why is that the case? Anyway, uh, the Reuters report says that Tesla has cut the delivery waiting time for threes and whys to a minimum of one week. And the US automaker added to its electric vehicle inventory in Shanghai. So talking about China here, obviously, uh, as its fastest pace ever, data from China Merchants Bank showed at a time when car makers and investors are bracing for a downturn, we think a global recession on the way. Certainly the car market uh, for new cars is taking a downturn. People are cancelling their orders. They've had outstanding. Uh, people who told their, were told their EV could be 12 months away are now getting a call from the dealer saying, right, I had a cancellation. Do you want this one? Uh, last week, the company offered an additional rebate to buyers in China if they could take deliveries this month. There is clearly a big, big, big push at Tesla for Q4 numbers. And they appear to, appear to have uh, plenty, of, uh, plenty of supply at the moment. All right, coming up on the podcast very soon, we'll talk about those VW plans. They could be making some big changes in their future plans. Don't know if they're a good idea, because I like the way they were heading under the old boss. And why Hyundai and Nissan are rolling out services to make it easier to own an EV. Stick around, those stories are on the way. Next, a story that won't go down too well with my English listeners, uh, my British listeners, I should say. Electric vehicles will be charged uh, vehicle excise duty, that's tax, from April 2025. Our new Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, has announced EV owners are currently exempt from paying uh, what we would call road tax um, in kind of 
almost like common slang, but it's incorrect. It's called vehicle excise duty, and it's £165 a year as the basic rate. EVs are exempt from that right now. I haven't paid uh, road tax in a very long time. Uh, these Those registered between the 1st of April 2017 and the 31st of March 2025 will require owners to pay £165 per year owning the vehicle. Uh, the exemption from the what is called the expensive car supplement charges owners uh, which cost more than £40,000, an additional £355 a year for the first five years. Wow. That exemption also ends. Benefit and kind tax is going up as well. That's what you pay if you have a car through your work that you can also charge uh, drive for personal use as well. Uh, it used to be zero, then it's one and two, and it's going to be going up 1% every year until 2728. Around half a million Battery electric vehicles are on the road being affected by this. Now, I know it's 2025, it's several years away, uh, which softens the blow a little bit. And frankly, we've had a good time, a good run of it, I should say, not paying any uh, road tax. And a few more years left to enjoy that as well. Here's the headline story then. Volkswagen's new boss, Oliver Bloom, is questioning the plan of the previous boss, Herbert Deese. And that's no surprise. Hey, you know, it's... There's a reason why they changed bosses, right? So he's questioning the old plan. And that was to build a new EV plant, a new plant dedicated to making only electric vehicles, ground up. Herbert Deese was impressed with what Tesla had done. And so the flagship, what they called Project Trinity. Trinity uh, was meant to come in 2026. And now it's been pushed back to 2030. Oliver Bloom wants to postpone the launch of those vehicles by around four years. The model would be produced in a new plant um, that's been officially announced. That platform we've been talking about called the SSP platform for the entire group would no longer be launched with Trinity as originally specified, they said. And that would be the death knell for the new plant near Wolfsburg. Instead of the ambitious Trinity series, rather, there would be some as yet unannounced EV models. That means they haven't decided. No, they may have decided. They haven't announced them yet. But what it could be is they could extend the MEB platform. Now, the reason I was so impressed with VW under Herbert Deese is because even though MEB platform isn't that old, they already wanted to move to yet another platform with a unified cell and this Project Trinity, which was a software-defined vehicle, a huge investment in software, which some say was the downfall of the the, the, the previous boss. Uh, the company's called Cariad, and bottlenecks their, their software subsidiary, some say are the main reason for the later launch of Trinity. But four years to get software right? Well, Volkswagen could launch all new versions of their Golf and call it the Golf Electric and the Tiguan, the electric Tiguan, and get rid of all this ID numbering malarkey under the new boss. Uh, the electric Golf and Tiguan would be using a modified version of the MEB platform built at existing factories, which would keep the unions happy, I suppose. Uh, the new EV could go on sale before 2026 even, and it would ensure that the plant can continue to be utilised to capacity as European customers switch to EVs. Now, the former boss, Herbert Deese, championed this idea of a new factory to slash production times, to match Tesla in Berlin, and to use things like large die-casting and cutting the number of components, all of which appears to be on the back burner now under the old boss. Rather than investing billions on taking risks, you could say, uh, it looks like he's taking what they've got an MEB platform, which is good, don't get me wrong, uh, and really squeezing every last bit of value out of that until the end of 
the decade. Wow, big change, big change. We'll see how that one plays out. I'm not convinced, but uh, hey, who am I? I mean, wow. Um, That's a big decision for them to make. A bit disappointing, if you ask me. Um, But, and also it doesn't sound very ambitious either. Like, oh, we're just going to keep the Golf and the Tig one, but we'll call it the electric that, and we'll, we'll put it on a modified platform, you know, that we've got already. And the idea of pushing VW forward at such a breakneck speed, not really that breakneck, 2026, um, would be considered slow by Tesla standards. And yet that's probably what did him for the job in the end because uh, he was rattling a lot of cages to bring VW in into the uh, sort of into the EV era and didn't go down too well. Now, let's talk about Hyundai and Nissan rolling out services to make it easier to own an EV. The first one's called Hyundai Home, a new online service that they are providing to EV customers to help them find local contractors to install EV home chargers, things like solar panels and even home batteries, of which I've got all and I can recommend. Nissan announced something called EV Care Free at the LA Auto Show, and that's a collection of services like free public charging and roadside assistance, they say, about reducing range anxiety in EV drivers. Okay, maybe. I don't really agree with that phrase, but there we go. Uh, The new regulatory filings have shown a leak for the Smart Number 3 coming soon. Geely's joint venture with Mercedes. Uh, Smart Number 1 is not what you think of a smart car. It was already a much bigger car, and the Smart Number 3 has almost a three-metre wheelbase, and this is a really big family car, longer and wider than the Smart 1, lower as well. Single motor and dual motor options on the Smart 3, and we know that because they have to file information with the China uh, regulators, and that gets made public. And so we can see now what the Smart Number 3, or Smart 3, I think they want me to say Smart Hashtag 3. I'm not doing that. Uh, what will it, it will look like? Now, the Smart One went on sale in April in China, designed by Mercedes-Benz and engineered by Geely on their own platform. Next, Tesla in the news, inviting non-Tesla EVs in Italy to charge on superchargers. I thought Italy was already included. I thought pretty much everywhere in Europe was included for the non-Teslas. But I got that wrong. Italy was the odd one out. Well, not anymore. Italy's joined the non-supercharger trial at various locations available by the specific Specific locations weren't listed today by Tesla. Uh, You can go in the supercharger map and find the label that says, This supercharger is open to Tesla vehicles and non-Tesla vehicles with CCS compatibility. And finally, New York State is funding an EV-only consumer loan platform. Let me tell you about this, because I'm really passionate about financing EVs. And I don't mean that as in... I love car credit. I mean that we need to find creative ways to get EVs in people's driveways because people haven't got the money just to go and pay in cash. EV, what they call a seed stage company, Tenet, is offering consumer loans to, for anyone to buy an electric vehicle with, and they secure $25 million in a facility from the New York Green Bank, putting some money behind their plan. It's the first time, says Electric, that a prominent government financial institution is funding EV-only warehouse, and its its resulting rates should make EV ownership affordable if you live in New York State. New York Green Bank is supporting this new way of financing to help more New Yorkers gain access to EVs, and the model that Tenet is using has the potential to provide savings that reward individuals for driving an EV. Now, they uh, were contacted by the Electrek website to say, well, what's different to a traditional auto loan? And they said this. 
We offer rates that are competitive with other lenders, like Tesla's financing. Uh, but unlike other lenders, we offer loan terms as long as 84 months. We also offer a deferred payment option that lets drivers immediately lower their monthly payments by deferring a quarter of the down payment until the end of the loan. $7,500 federal tax credits and rebates are used to pay that final sum down at the end of the loan. They can choose to refinance or trade in, and traditional lenders treat EVs and gas cars the same, not accounting for the better value retention of an EV car. So I still don't fully understand how this is sort of revolutionary EV financing, um, apart from the fact that they might be doing something funky with the tax credits, the rebates, and the fact that um, EV residuals are really strong. At the minute, I would say, at the minute, EV residuals might not necessarily be strong after 84 months, uh, which is their, their, their loan term, because... They're strong because there's no supply at the top of the funnel, and there's no new EVs because we're all waiting for new cars. But as there's more and more on the market, that will feed through to the used car market. Indeed, that is happening already. I can see that uh, leading up to uh, to Christmas. The used EV market in the UK is certainly showing some uh, a little bit of uh, downward trajectory, we will call that. The cars that I have saved in my Auto Trader saved list – I think I've got, uh, what have I got at the minute? Let me have a look in here. Opening up the app on my phone right now. Uh, I have uh, big battery Konas. I'm watching those. I have Tesla, all three, standard, long, and performance. And I have uh, Audi e-tron in here, small battery, big battery, S-lines. So I have a bunch of saved filters in the Auto Trader app, just of, of cars I find interesting, ones that I might like to buy, ones that I know aren't in my budget, but I kind of keep an eye on. And... Um, yeah, there's, there's more and more of them showing up in my search. So uh, we will wait and see where used prices go. And that's your podcast for today. Question of the week is taking a break, but it will return. And thanks to our premium partners of the podcast via Patreon. That'll be you, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel. Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one map and one app. And the gang at millbrookcottages.co.uk. Five-star luxury cottages in Devon. Our latest sponsor, Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.